So glad you're tuning in today. Uh, thank you, Trey, for the, uh, leading us into God's presence with worship. Um, I tell you, it, it, it felt good in here. Amen. Uh, I want to talk to you today about something that we're kind of all dealing with, and it's interruption. It's disruption. Disruption to our normal routine. An interruption to our normal activity. And everybody across the globe, we're experiencing disruption. We're experiencing interruption in our nation, in our cities, in our neighborhoods, our homes. And an and interruption can come in so many different ways. We can get interrupted. Our day can be disrupted by the weather. Uh, it can be too hot. It can be too cold. It rained. It was supposed to not rain. We can't predict these things, so we can get interrupted. We can have traffic issues, which interrupts our commute. We can have car problems. I'm telling you, nothing affects my day like when I have car problems. Maybe it's because I don't know anything about cars. Whatever the reason, I hate car problems, and it interrupts my day. I also really dislike when... I have internet problems. When my internet gets disrupted, when it gets interrupted, I, I ain't going to lie, I, I struggle with that. I know, we're spoiled. It's 2020, I get it. But you know, we can have disruptions in bigger issues. We can have disruptions in our relationships. Maybe you've got kids that have gone astray. Maybe you're praying for loved ones. There, there could be health issues. Uh, I know that's kind of on everyone's mind right now with, with the COVID-19. Uh, listen, I, I want to pause again and say, please, please pray for our national leaders and our local leaders, our, our, our governors, uh, and, and even, even, even our mayors as, as they try to lead, they try to make decisions. Uh, I, I, I tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful I'm thankful that God's in control. But I will say this, we need to lift up our leaders in prayer. So I want to encourage you to do that. But we have many of us, uh, including myself, uh, our jobs have been interrupted. Uh, maybe you're working from home or, or maybe, maybe your job has just kind of got everything on hold for a while. Whatever that looks like for you, interruption is kind of common, self isolation. I know it's a wide range, but here's what they all have in common. How you and I approach our interruptions, how you and I approach our disruptions, it, will it all is determined by our attitude. Our attitude. And that's what I want to speak to us about today. Our attitude will determine the journey through the disruption. Before we dive into this, I want us to just go to the Lord in prayer. And I want us to pray. I'm going to ask you, wherever you're at, if you'll just take a moment. Let's pray together. Let's agree together. Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for the folks that have tuned in this morning. I thank you, Father, that we can have the technology today where we can still meet together. We can still read your word together. And, 
And I thank you that I'm able to share a message today. And I thank you for the message you've given me today, God. It has brought me comfort and it has challenged me. I pray, Lord Jesus, that it would do the same to those who are listening today. We love you, God. Please speak to us today through your word. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen and amen. If you're going to have your Bibles out or your electronic devices or whatever you use, we're going to be looking in the book of James. So if you want to get that ready, find the book of James. We're going to be in chapter 1 for a couple of verses. Uh, but, but I want us to look at one character quality that will really help us through this time. Through this time of interruption. Our lives are kind of disrupted right now. I want us to look at a character quality that many of us don't think about. I know I don't really think about it. I, I, after really studying this out and thinking about it, I want to strive to think about it more. I want to be able to demonstrate this character quality and this biblical principle. But I think we need it now. We need this character quality right now as we navigate our lives through this global pandemic. The character quality I'm talking about is resilience, resilience, resilience. Webster defines resilience like this, an ability to recover or bounce back from or adjust to change or disruption. Let me say it again. An ability to recover or bounce back from or adjust to change or disruption. Basically, disruption can be a great teacher for us. It can be a great teacher for me. It can be a great teacher for you this morning. I pray it moves something in your heart today. We can come out of this disruption better than we entered it if we focus on resilience. If, if we don't spend a bunch of time and a bunch of energy and a bunch of effort lamenting where we are, Rather, focusing on how we're going to bounce back, how we're going to come out of this, uh, more specifically, how we're going to come through this. See, see, see th here's the challenge, and this, this is where it kind of gets a little sketchy for us. Disruption and interruption involves a change, and where there's no disruption, there wouldn't be a need for change. But disruption always brings change. Let me give you a couple of examples. Maybe you're dealing with them right now. Working from home. Working from home. I know some of you, that's normal. For others, it's not normal. And it's kind of disrupted your day. If it hasn't disrupted your day, let me give you a little tip. It's disrupting your spouse's day. So be sensitive to that. Working from home, how about those of us that are right now having church from our living rooms? It's a change. Distance learning. Or if you're like me, binge watching again the entire series of The Office for the 10th time. It brings about change. This time that we're in right now, it's causing disruption. But with resilience, we can sometimes shorten the time that we experience the disruption. But, but what I want to focus on today is this. Resilience can be a catalyst. can be a catalyst. I want you to write that down or at least remember it. Resilience can be a catalyst that allows us to experience the disruption 
with less impact. In other words, it's not as heavy on us. If we're focusing on the resilience, again, if we're focusing on the bouncing back, the getting back to better than normal, if we focus on that more than we're focusing on our situation, it, it's not as heavy on us as we go through it. When I think of resilience and how it can shorten the time of disruption and how it allows for us to navigate through it with less impact, I immediately think of the beautiful, wonderful gift from God that he has given to me known as TSA self-check. The pre-check. You know what I'm talking about. You can get the TSA pre-check where you can kind of get right through it. You're like, Jeff, that, that's, is that a gift from God? I'm going to tell you for me, yes, and yes, I have the TSA pre-check, and here's why. It's no secret that A, I'm not a fan of flying. In fact, I don't really like it that much, and I'm just going to, you know, some people would say I'm scared. I like to just say it makes me nervous, but when I get nervous, I get scared, and when I'm scared, I get nervous, so yeah, six in one, half a dozen in the other, but B, I always, and feel free to check with my beautiful wife, I always get pulled aside and I get searched. I don't know why. I, I, I'm a nice guy, right? I don't know why that they feel the need to pull me over. Now, now Kim's got a theory, but we won't talk about that. I get pulled aside. They, they rifle through my carry-on. They they, the last time we flew, they, I was wearing a hat, my little hat you've seen me wear, I'm sure, and they went around the, the inside brim of my hat. Now, I'm like, okay, now well, that just gave me a great idea where I could put something. Hadn't thought of that before, but they, they literally, they, they pat me down from top to bottom. And see, if, if, one, I don't like to be touched that much, and two, I don't like you touching my stuff, so it's just a bad experience for me. They go into my backpack, they're rummaging all around. So the TSA pre-check was a godsend for me because I can get through the horrible interruption, now stay with me, known as, sir, will you please step aside? I can sometimes rush that along because I have the TSA pre-check. I still may get pulled over and they might look at me sideways and they may open the bag, but it's nothing like it was. Even though I'm delayed somewhat, it allows me to significantly reduce the time that the disruption lasts. That's what I'm talking about. And I want us to look to somebody, his name is James. I want to look at his book, a couple of verses, and I want to look at how he taught this character quality. And listen, his little letter that he wrote that became one of the books that makes up what we call the Bible, his book is amazing. Now, when I was a younger Christian and really trying to find my way and find my footing as I was trying to mature in the Lord, I found the book of James to be incredibly challenging. I found the book of James to be honestly very convicting, and rightfully so. And can I say, whereas I, I do hope I've matured in the Lord, I still find it incredibly convicting. And it was in my time of reading that this really began to just jump off the page to me. James understood the principle of resilience. He had to endure some pretty severe disruptions. Think about this for a minute. 
He was the brother of Jesus Christ. Now, he didn't automatically believe that his brother was who he said he was. History even bears this out. Now, you think about it. Jesus could have said to James, now, this is not, this is me thinking outside the box. Can you imagine if Jesus were your brother, you would probably want him, when y'all was going to school, you'd probably want him to tone down the God stuff a little bit, especially if you're saying, I'm God. So he knew something about some disruption. He had some, some, some tricky roads that he had to navigate being the brother of Jesus Christ. But as he watched the life of Jesus... As he watched the things Jesus did, we just ended, Pastor Dwayne just wrapped up our series on signs with an incredible message. I encourage you to go listen to it, Signs Part 8. Get the podcast, listen to it. Basically, come and see. Come and see. And James watched the signs that Jesus performed, and, and, and he saw Jesus, his brother, give up his life. But Now get this. He also saw his brother, Jesus, raise up again. And we're going to celebrate that in just a few weeks. Hallelujah. Easter Sunday. And it was then, it was post-resurrection that James really put his faith in what his brother, Jesus, had said and what his brother, Jesus, had did. He believed it so much that James actually became a very strong follower of Jesus and he gave his life. For the message of the gospel, in fact, he literally gave his life. Historians say he was stoned to death. Some writers have hinted to the fact that he was clubbed to death. Basically, I'm not going to fuss over either one of those. Either way, he gave his life for the gospel. So James knew about trouble. James knew about disruption. James knew about resilience. And this is, you know, we're not talking about Jeff's issue when his internet has a hiccup. He had legitimate disruption in his life. If you have your Bible, James chapter 1, verse 2, you know this verse. You know this verse. Let's remind ourselves of it. James 1 Verse 2, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. So now, let me, let me pause there. He, that, what a warm greeting. He's, he's wanting people to know, look, I'm, I'm not yelling at you. I'm not preaching at you. I want you to know I'm bringing you in. I want you to know you're my brother. You're my sister. And he says this interesting phrase, consider it pure joy, my brothers, my sisters, Whenever you face trials of many kinds, trials, disruptions, interruptions, here he says they will come. They will come. Not if, not maybe. He says when you face trials. But how you face them will determine how you handle them. It's why he opens with consider. Consider it pure joy. Now, as, as I do so many times, I encourage you, slow down when you read the Bible. I also encourage you, don't try to read the Bible like a theologian. 
Don't read the Bible like you are already a scholar. If you'll read the Bible like a normal human being seeking truth, you'll be amazed at what you find. If you'll read the scripture not trying to find a verse to win an argument, you'll be amazed at what you see. So I got really kind of stumbling. I was stumbling over not just my words just then. I was stumbling over the word consider. Consider. He said, consider it pure joy. Let me tell you what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean think about it. It doesn't mean think about it. See, that's the way we hear it because it really doesn't translate well from the original language into the English. And I'm not correcting your Bible. I'm just wanting to get a working definition that kind of makes sense in our time of disruption. It doesn't mean to think about it if you can. No, here's what it means. Literally translated, it means lead yourself to the point where you believe it. No, not just think about it, not consider it when you get a chance. When you have a, a moment, maybe, maybe ponder it. No, no, no. It, it means to lead yourself to the point where you believe it, to regard it as so, to train yourself to see it differently and then behave accordingly. Not think about it. Lead yourself to the point where you believe it. And he's also not asking us to be joyful for the trial, for the disruption, he's suggesting that we should consider the truth that we can have joy in the disruption, in the interruption of our day, in the trial. We make ourselves more or less vulnerable on the way by, by how we think about things. We can make ourselves more or less vulnerable based on the way we process data about our situations. When an interruption happens, how we think about them, how we approach them, it can make all the difference in the world. Church, hear me. Trials, disruptions, they are only as traumatic. Please hear me, and I'm not downplaying your situation. I'm not downplaying my. In fact, I'll tell you when I really learned this principle. I really learned this principle when I had the big challenge, but the incredible honor to facilitate my mother and my father's, father's funeral. Trials and disruptions are only as traumatic as we choose to think about them to be. See, see here's the thing. There's, there's, there's normal trauma that comes with those big disruptions with those big trials, with those big interruptions, when, when, when Jeff Burke didn't think God was doing what God should have done. See, that's the way I started to process that data. And then a loving Heavenly Father corrected me, and I changed my perspective. And what I chose to do both with my mother, but especially with my father. With my mother, she, she taught me how to serve. She taught me how to love unconditionally. She, she taught me how to accept. And I want to carry that legacy on. My father, on the other hand, my father had no fear in sharing the gospel. My father was not ashamed of where he came from. In fact, he thought everybody deserved to hear about this man, Jesus Christ. And he loved to tell about the fact that Jesus 
instantly took away the bondage of him being an alcoholic. He told that on stages all over this country, and I had the privilege and the honor, and I'm so thankful to have been able to share those stages with him. Now, now that he's passed, I can either keep being mad at God, I can either keep wrestling with this and, and, and being in and out and in and out and, and over it and then not over it. No, but listen, listen. It's only as traumatic as how I approach it. I have to think on it as if it is true. The, the, the part that his legacy will live on, the part that I have been left to do that. See, see here's a proven scientific fact. Please, hear this if you hear nothing else. You can affect your success and you can affect your failure your success or your failure can be affected to a large degree based on how you think about yourself. But not just how you think about yourself. The attitude that you have about yourself and the attitude that you have about your circumstance. And when you struggle to have positive thoughts about yourself. Oh, I just want to quickly remind you of how much God loves you and how he thinks about you. No, no, you were his number one priority. You were a priority over his own son because he gave his son for you. And he gave his son for me. See, success or failure can many times be based on how you think about yourself. Your mind and thoughts, they play such a role in how you navigate and manage the disruptions, the circumstances. When you realize that you were created to change the world, I'm going to say it again because I believe this about every human being on this planet, rich poor, red, yellow, black, and white, I don't care. You were created to change the world. You were not created for the world to change you. You were created to change the world. And sometimes what makes the difference in that is how you approach you. How you approach you. Consider it all joy. You'll begin to see a shift in your life. You'll begin to see a shift in your behavior. You'll begin to see a shift in the results that you're seeing in your life. It's what James is telling us. If you would choose joy, if you'll just choose joy like you believe the joy, if you'll choose the joy in your circumstance, in your disruption, you can literally have a different experience through it. Oh, but he continues. Verse 3. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Now, here's what I'm not. I'm not an athlete. I know some athletes. I have two son-in-laws that are athletes. They, they, they've competed in sports. Uh, I, I understand competition. I, I don't necessarily understand athletes and their thought process. 
But I know some distance runners. I know some distance runners. Again, I don't understand them, but I know them. And, I, and what I know about them is that to get where they are, they had to build a level of endurance in order for them to get where they are today. They didn't start with a full marathon. They started with a mile. Then they started with two. And then maybe they did a 5K. Maybe they did a half marathon. I don't know. I just know this. I know to continue to advance, they had to continue to build their level of endurance. Here's what they know that the church needs to figure out. If they keep at it, there's a payoff. If they stay at it, there's a payoff. A payoff. You will not have a deficit if you will stay with it. There's a payoff. Oh, thank you, Jesus. They're, they're not running for nothing. They're running to win. They're running to increase their endurance. It's what James is telling us. James saying that if we'll just believe that we can have joy in the disruption, if we can believe that we will have joy in the trial, it'll develop this depth of perseverance which will lead to something else. But you got to have the joy that will lead to the perseverance before you can lead to something else. But then he's going to give us this something else. He's going to give us the payoff, the purpose, if you will, for considering it all joy. Verse 4. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. And I love these last three words. Not lacking anything. Would you just feel the weight of that? I'll feel the glory of that. He's saying let the perseverance Finish its work. You've got to start with the joy in your circumstance, in your disruption, in your trial. Start with the joy, and then it leads to perseverance, and then let the perseverance do what it's supposed to do. Let it finish its work so that you and I can grow, can be mature and complete. We won't lack anything. This church, listen, this is a promise, and it should be our goal. It should be our goal during this interruption in our life. It should be our goal as we are uh, isolated, if you will, and as we're self-isolating for the greater good, it should be our goal to not just do it and get by, just do it and then just, God, get this over with. No, no, no. We, we, it'll be for nothing if we don't learn something through it. And what we need to learn is how will we come through this better than when we started church? That's resilience. That's the bouncing back. It should be our goal. Here's what James is saying. He's saying, for you to get where you want to go, you got to go through the stuff you're going through. You can't go around it. You can't dig under it. You can't go over it. You got to go through it. And you got to go through it with joy, not grumbling. You got to go through it with joy, not complaining. And you got to go through it in the right mindset, not with a bad attitude. Here's where it kind of hits home for the average Christ follower, especially in westernized America today. We think that to arrive or to mature, we must avoid pain altogether or at the very least try to dodge it. I couldn't disagree more. 
James even says no. Instead of fighting against the interruption, instead of fighting against the pain, consider fighting for the resilience that's being built inside of you. Because when you learn that in this, I'll just think how better you'll be able to handle the trial, the disruption that's coming down the road. This is how we prepare for tomorrow. (laughs) We train today. We train today. Listen, you don't wait till tomorrow to start training for tomorrow. You train for tomorrow today in our current trial or in your current peace. See, things might be going great for you right now. Praise God. You should be training extra hard right now because I'm not fatalistic and I'm not, I'm not Mr. Gloom and Doom. My glass is always half full, but I'm here to tell you because I love you. And that's this. You are either, and you've heard this, your preacher said this, you're either in a trial, coming out of a trial, or there's one waiting around the corner. Are you training? Are you training? Are you training? Are you training? You should be training today. Train today for the trial tomorrow. Never stop training to believe you can experience joy in the journey. There's always something for us to learn. There's something, church, for us to learn in this disruption called COVID-19. There's something for us to learn. Here's a thought I would love for you to take away today. You only win big trials. You only can be a winner in the interruption, in the disruption, when you fight for resilience in the little ones. In the little ones. In the little ones. You say, well, I I didn't train for the, uh, during the little ones, and now we're here at this big one. It's never too late to start. Hey, consider it all joy. Oh, no, not joy, No, joy in it. Joy in it. Joy in it. Don't let your circumstance, your situation, your disruption, your interruption, your trial, don't let it take your joy. No, 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 no. Jeff, okay, so what what should I do? Listen, if we will believe that we can truly have joy in the disruptions and the interruptions of our life, it will build up our perseverance. You, You know the progression, and we can mature and be better prepared for whatever is waiting down the road. Look, I don't know the exact purpose God has for your life. I don't know the exact purpose and plan that God has for your life watching and listening today on the internet. I don't. I don't know the exact purpose. But I do know this about all of us. What I know about all of us is everything we encounter, whether it's for us or against us, can be used by God to make us into the person He has designed us to be. And believe it or not, even the disruptions and the interruptions and the trials. So let me wrap this up. Jeff, where do I start? I'm glad you asked. I'm just going to give you one thing. One thing. One simple thing. It's a question. Ask God to reveal the purpose of the disruption. No, it's okay to ask God a question. To God, right now, what is the purpose for this interruption in my life? What is the purpose for me 
being home with these kids? What is the purpose for me right now having this disruption, this interruption, this trial? What's the purpose? What do you have for me in this? He'll reveal it to you. He'll tell you. He will. He promised. Maybe it's the extra time you have to be with the Lord. Maybe it's the extra time you have to be with your spouse, your kids, your loved ones, your aging parents. Maybe it's more time to pray. Maybe it's time for you to start that project you've been wanting to start. Here's one. You know what? Maybe it's time to rest. Maybe it's just time to heal. Maybe it's time to heal. That's why we challenged you on Wednesday. Pastor Duane and I challenged you as the, the body gathering and Living Water Dayton as we're coming together and as, as we're working on the rebranding. Listen, we have a great opportunity right now because we're not cramming for the weekend. We have a great opportunity to to get our heads together six feet apart and be able to have conversations about next steps. See, see, see even when you heard Miss Heather give you our announcements and talking about you know, Living Waters Facebook page and the kids, listen, you can also go out to the Body Gathering Facebook page and to their website and, and listen, you will find stuff there you need. It might be right now when you need to just throw the Pause button on. Maybe it's time that you had a real conversation with your family about your next step. No. No. About your next step. Your next step. Your next step in your faith. Your next step step as a family. Your, Your next step with your church. Hey, hey, anybody that's been to church, you're no stranger to trials. You're no stranger to disruptions. And I'll go as far as to say, you're no stranger to hurt. We're offering a place. Pastor Dwayne and I are offering a place for you to come and see. Just rest. Just rest. Just heal. Once we're allowed to come back together, you heard Heather give the uh, uh, prayer request email. Send them to us, man. Shoot, shoot Pastor Dwayne a message either on Living Water's Facebook page or the body gatherings. But just send us a message. Hey, listen, we don't take that lightly. We'll get together and we will pray. We'll lift up your request. Listen, here's what I need you not to do. What I need you not to do is don't ask, why is this happening to me? No, no, I, I, no. I think, I think what James is encouraging us to do is to ask God, what are you trying to grow in me? Not why is this happening? Hey, God, God, are you trying to grow patience? Are you trying to grow obedience? Are you trying to grow perseverance? Are you trying to grow trust? Are you trying to grow faith? Are you trying to grow resilience? Are you trying to grow resilience? Here's what I know. 
no matter how vulnerable you feel right now, you, whoever's listening, no matter how vulnerable at this moment you feel, you are so much stronger than you think. You are so, so stronger than you think. Change the way you think. Count it all. Consider it all. Believe it to be joy. When you encounter disruptions, when you encounter trials, we've got to choose to let joy be so. You're so much stronger than how you feel right now. And here's a little tip, and I'll close. Here's a tip. You've already overcome if you're with Jesus. John chapter 16, verse 33. Last verse I'll read. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. We just feel that word, peace. No, feel the word. Don't just hear the word, feel the word. Peace. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you'll have peace. And he goes on to say, because in this world you will have trouble. You'll have disruption. You'll have trial. But the next three words, followed by an exclamation point in my Bible, says this, but take heart. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't despair. Consider it joy. Take heart. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. You've already won. You've already won. Believe it. Live like it. I'm going to pray in just a moment. When that verse was written in the book of John, the words of Jesus we just read, they didn't even understand the weight of it. They didn't even understand really what he was saying. And here's the great thing. We already know. We know that he rose again. We know, we know, we know that he overcame the world. We also know that he overcame death, hell, and the grave. We're going we're gonna to celebrate that. Resurrection Sunday. We know he's already overcome. So listen, we can take heart. We can have hope. We can Consider it joy. We can believe it joy. We can believe it joy. Because whatever has interrupted our life, whatever it looks like, Jesus is still doing a work in us for the greater good if we would just allow God to complete that work that he has started. You can't hope for resilience. You can't wish for resilience. You can't hope you'll bounce back. You can't, man, maybe, maybe I'll bounce. No, no, no. You have to fight for resilience. And you fight for resilience by fighting through the disruption. Fighting through the trial. Starts by finding the joy in it. I'm praying for you. If you need Jesus Christ to come in, 
become your Savior, forgive you of your sins. If you need to hit the big restart button in your life, maybe you prayed a prayer when you, when you were young. I'm not discounting any of that. But if you prayed a prayer and then kind of put Jesus aside, how's it working doing it on your own? I'm inviting you to partake of this joy. I'm inviting you to just say yes to Jesus. You just have to recognize you need him. You have to recognize it's him and him alone that can change you. Your spouse can't change you. You can't change you. But Jesus can. So I'm going to pause. I'm going to give you a chance to talk to your Lord, to tell Jesus, please come in. Please forgive me. And then thank him for doing just that. But if you're struggling right now in this disruption, if you're struggling to have joy, if you're struggling to really, really find yourself in this, if you're, if you're, if you're really wrestling with the point and the purpose, you're the point and the purpose. You have another opportunity to believe it so. The joy that will lead to perseverance where we will grow, mature, and become complete. God, I bless your name. Lord, I pray for those listening today that they need something stirred up inside of them, Lord. I ask you, God, that you would just right now, just as, as they're calling out to you, I just ask that you would Speak into their heart. God, your word says that they can't nobody get to you unless they come through your son, Jesus. And we can't get to Jesus unless we're drawn to him. And I just believe that someone listening today is filling that pool. So God, I pray for them to have the courage right where they're at right now to just believe this prayer. Lord Jesus, forgive me. I'm a sinner. And I turn from my sin today. I know I can't do it on my own. I'm tired of worrying. I'm, I'm tired of the anxiety just breaking me down. Father, come into my life. Come into my life. Help me to find the joy. Help me to draw from the strength that only comes from you. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for inviting me into a relationship with you. Jesus, you're right, and I'm wrong. And I agree with you on what separated us to begin with. And I turn from that. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters listening. I pray, God, that if they're twisting and they're turning and they can feel the anxiousness just begin to ramp up at home. I pray, God, I pray that you would just reveal to them your purpose in all of this. And God, I pray that they would lean into, to the best of your ability through them, they would lean into this principle of considering it, believing it so, considering it joy. when we face disruption. You will get all the glory. 
You will get all the praise. It's in your son's name we pray these things. If you made any decision today for Jesus, we're not going to flood you with literature. That's not what we do. We're not going to come at your house at dinner time and knock on your door. That's not what we do. But we want to know so that we can help you. If you need a Bible, hit us up. Either go to the body gathering or go to livingwaterdayton.com. Send us a message through our Facebook pages. We'll get you a Bible, whatever you need. If you just need prayer, if you need to know what your next step is, maybe you need to be baptized behind me. We have the way to do that. Once we're all able to come back together, we're going to stir the waters of baptism. But let us know what your decision is. Thank you so much for tuning in. And stay tuned to the Facebook pages because Pastor Dwayne and I and some other of our leaders, we're, we're going to be interrupting your day with little two, five-minute interruptions just to encourage you, maybe make you laugh a little, just to let you know, hey, we're right here. We're right here if you need us. We love you guys. On behalf of Pastor Dwayne and all of our staff and all of our leaders, God bless you. Have an amazing week. Thank you.